Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That's a quote by Corey Ten Boom. And this past week, our bishop shared that quote with the pastors and churches of the North Georgia Conference. Let me say that again. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Now, this quote comes over 70 years ago from a Holocaust survivor. But the quote could have just as easily have come from David in his battle with Goliath. And that's the scripture that I want us to look at today. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I want to read just part of the story from verse 34 to verse 39. And it says this, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and killed him. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this Philistine shall be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And so Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, because he was not used to the armor. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go in this armor, for I am not used to them. So David put them off and went out to face Goliath. May God add his blessing to our reading and hearing and understanding of his word. The 17th chapter of 1 Samuel tells this wonderful, amazing story of David and Goliath. It's David fighting a giant. And it seemed appropriate as we look at the conditions around us this week and this month and going forward uh, to talk about a giant and how we might engage it. The story begins with Saul. Saul is the king and the army of Israel. And the army of Israel is engaged with the Philistines who were their enemy. Saul and Israel on one hill, and the Philistines and Goliath on another hill, and a valley in between them. Goliath is the imposing villain that's out to get the nation of Israel. Now Saul was the king, but he wasn't a very good king. He wasn't a very good leader. And it's no wonder he really hadn't prepared for this. If you go back a few chapters and read in uh, chapters 8, 9, and 10, you hear the story of Saul. 
He didn't plan to be king. He didn't dream about being king. Uh, there wasn't even a king before Saul, so there was nothing to aspire for. He didn't fight for it. He didn't earn a, a, a scholarship for it. He didn't win a competition for it. He didn't have to prove himself. He didn't have to work for it. In fact, Saul was chosen by the people in sort of a public lottery. And Saul won the lottery only because he was tall. He was taller than everybody else. By almost a foot, he stood taller than everybody else in the kingdom. And so that was the qualification for making Saul the king. Now, as Goliath begins to taunt Saul in Israel, Saul doesn't have much in, in terms of a well to draw from in order to lead his people. So Goliath comes to the middle of the valley, looks up at the Israelites on the hill, and suggests a new way of fighting. He says, you pick any one of your people, Israel, uh, and come down and fight me one-on-one, -on -one, and whoever wins will win the day. Now, that's a wonderful offer on Goliath's part because it spares the lives of lots and lots of people. The problem was that Goliath was over nine feet tall. And I want to give you kind of a glimpse of what that might look like. I'm about 5'11". This is about three feet. The platform here is about three feet off the ground. So if I climb up on the ladder, that's kind of what nine feet would look like. And so David is, is a boy at this point, and Goliath is not only tall, but he's big, and he's got all the armor on. So he's a very imposing figure. And it's no wonder that the Israelites... And the whole army, Saul included, are not really excited about going down one-on-one -on -one and fighting this giant. In fact, in verse 11 of this 17th chapter, it says that when Goliath makes this announcement and comes out on the field, Saul and all Israel were dismayed and terrified. Anyone remember what our opening quote was? Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Now, the key to that phrase, I think, is a known God. We have to know God. And again, Saul was picked not because he knew God, but because he was tall. And so when he gets into this predicament, he doesn't have a lot to draw on. Verse 24 of the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel says, When the Israelites saw Goliath, they ran from him in fear. So, so what's going on? In a time of national emergency, there's no leadership. In a time of growing anxiety, everyone is focused on the unknown and not on the known God. They're focused on the unknown because the unknown is terrifying and right in front of them. And they're distracted from the focus on a known God 
in part because the leadership doesn't have that knowledge and that base, basis uh, to draw from. So they have it backwards, and it's easy to do, and, and we do it a lot, and we catch ourselves, hopefully, uh, most of the time, but it's so easy to get focused on the giant. That giant could be the economy, or the virus, a doctor's visit, a job interview, whatever that thing is that makes us anxious or terrifies us or is just unknown and so we worry and stress. And when that happens, we lose focus and we need some catalyst to sort of shake us back into focus. My wife Sherry and I have a couple of dogs. One of them is a boxer. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been around a boxer very much, but they're very tenacious and they latch on to something and it's really hard to get them to let go. And so the, the boxer kind of tangles and fights and plays with our other dog. And sometimes the, the boxer gets so wrapped up in the struggle for the ball or whatever it is that they're doing uh, that, that he, he gets really tenacious. And so when that happens, you have to clap your hands or smack him uh, a little bit uh, to shake him out of the focus that he's on uh, and help him get back to reality. Well, David is kind of like a boxer, almost in reverse. Uh, the, the nation of Israel is focused on this problem, and they don't really know what to do. And so David comes along to sort of shake them back into reality to focus on this known God. Now, David at this time is just a boy. If you read through the 17th chapter, it talks a lot about that. He has been sent to the battle uh, not to fight, but to bring food to his older brothers. Davis, David is the youngest of a group of brothers. And so he's been sent to the battle by the dad uh, of the family to give food to the brothers. And when David gets there, he starts asking a lot of questions. Uh, he hears Goliath's taunting of the Israel army. Uh, and, and David asks the question, why doesn't anybody do something? Well, they're all scared, uh, and they're not getting much help from the leaders. And so then David says something absolutely crazy. He says, I will fight Goliath, for I am not afraid. Oh my gosh, why is David not afraid? Well, it's because he's learned to never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. He's never been afraid to trust his unknown future to an unknown God. So in verse 33, Saul says, but you're just a boy. And David says to that, the first part of the scripture that we read a few minutes ago, I have fought lions and bears, and I am not afraid of this Goliath fellow. And so I want us to look this morning and maybe three takeaways of during this time of uncertainty and unknown, what are some things that we can focus on? So number one, focus on who you believe that you are. Who do you believe that you are? Not what somebody tells you you are, but who do you believe deep down that you are? Saul and David's family all told David he was just a boy. But David knew better. 
David had left his childhood a long time ago when his family had put him out there guarding the sheep, and he had faced life-threatening problems. He'd been forced to grow up. David doesn't see himself as a child. Uh, David isn't about to let other people define him or tell him who he is. David's not afraid of an unknown future. Now, we've suddenly found ourselves in an unknown future, haven't we? And we're going, are we going to let it define us, or are we going to find ways to grow and serve and witness and live through it? There are many ways that we can let this virus rob us of our core characteristics that would like to define us by. And so it's a choice either to get caught up in the fray, to lose our focus, or to rise above it. So never be afraid of an unknown future. To, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. So the second thing to focus on is to focus on God and not the giant. In verse 37, David says, The Lord will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Now, everybody else up until this point has been looking at how they might, on their own, by their own power, by their own strength, deliver Israel from the Philistines and from Goliath. And they look at themselves, and they look at the nine-foot Goliath, and they say, there's no way. I can't do it. David doesn't even go there. He doesn't start there. He doesn't, he doesn't even consider that as a possibility. He knows he can't do it, but he does know that God can do it. And it's because David... Uh, has forged and formed a relationship with God. David knows God, and that's different from most of the folks on the battleground. Consider for a second, in Exodus, in the Old Testament, a few books back, God and Moses take on Egypt. Just let that sink in for a second. You turn over to the New Testament, God and a tiny army of unarmed peasants take on the Holy Roman Empire. Now, just let that sink in. Two of arguably the most powerful entities the world has ever known, they're almost a footnote in the biblical narrative. Powers that uh, are greater than most of what the world has ever known. Uh, and they're just placeholders in the biblical narrative. History creates space for them. But in the biblical narrative, they weren't powerful really at all. They don't begin to even dent the armor of God's plan and purpose. They don't stand in the way anymore then a blade of grass stands in the way of a lawnmower. It's, it's incredible to consider and to think about. So the focus is not on the problem that's at hand. The focus is on God. In every generation, every life is going to have battles and obstacles. Uh, we're going to fight things that seem insurmountable, and they come one after the other. I'm here to tell you, Never be afraid to trust an unknown God, 
sorry, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. But that presupposes we know God. So focus number three, focus on what you have and not what you don't have. In verses 38 and 39 of this 17th chapter of 1 Samuel is a ironic, funny even story. Saul tries to clothe David in Saul's armor. Saul isn't going to battle. Saul's scared to death of Goliath. But he's trying to tell David how to fight David's battle. Saul isn't in the fight. He's not going anywhere near the battlefield. So don't let someone else tell you how to fight your battle. Don't let someone else dress you for battle. Don't let someone else tell you what to do. Don't let someone else tell you what's best for you. You need to figure out what God has given you, the gifts, abilities, characteristics, and then you lead with that. David takes Saul's armor off and goes into battle with what David knows. Our focus has to be on what we have and on who we are and what our gifts are. We can't be something that we're not. We can't pretend to be somebody else and live in their armor. When I went into ministry over 36 years ago, I spent the first 10 years as a youth minister. I enjoyed that. I had good training for that. I had good models for that. After 10 years, I decided to transition to be the lead pastor at a church. I didn't think about it at the time, but the only models I really had to draw on were the uh, pastors that I had grown up under that served the churches where my family attended and the pastors who uh, were the lead pastors at the churches where I was an associate pastor and youth minister. So I tried in my first couple of years of being a lead pastor to dress in the clothes of the pastors that had, had gone before me, the, that I had known, that I had observed. And I'm here to tell you that I was miserable. Uh, in fact, I came to a point where I was ready to quit. I talked to my district superintendent about, I just got to do something else. I'm, I'm miserable. But then I met somebody wise who convinced me to try one more time, and this time to follow my heart, to follow my gifts, and to follow my instincts for ministry, preaching, and leading a church. It was only then that I found my sweet spot in ministry and from there forward thrived as the pastor of a church. So again, I say, don't let someone else dress you for battle. Whether the battle is COVID-19, or whatever the next battle will be after that. And there will be a battle after that. And then one after that. And then one after that. We're never going to live in a decade where we're free from personal and national battles. And that's why it's so important that we know God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. As we look through the Bible and as we look through history and we look through our own experiences, David, 
Samuel, Mary, Esther, Paul, Barnabas, Luke, Ruth, all of the biblical characters found a path to God in their own way. There's nothing really similar about their stories except they focused on who they believed that they were. Sometimes it took a journey to get there, but they came to that realization. They focused, number two, on God and not the problem. And then number three, they focused on what they had and not what they didn't have. I hope as we go through the unknown of the next few weeks and even months, that this will be helpful advice. Let us pray. Wonderful God, we, we come recognizing we don't, we don't really know what to do. We hear uh, voices all around us, experts, different people, friends, family saying do this and don't do that. God, we, we don't really know next steps forward. We don't know what's going to happen. We live in an unknown time. And for some of us, that can be terrifying. And so I pray, God, that you'll help us uh, in, in ways like online services and weekly devotions and other things that are, are offered through the church and through other relationships that we have, uh, that those might help us to focus on you and not the presenting problem. God, at the end of the day, you're still God. At the end of the day, uh, you're sovereign. At the end of the day, we need to trust and turn to you and not to our own devices. So God, help us to be wise. Help us to be able to uh, assimilate the information that we're given and make the best choices that we can. We pray for our community, our nation, our world. We pray for folks that are scared to death. We pray for folks who have lost family members. We pray for folks who have gotten sick or know someone who is. We pray your blessings. And we're also thankful, God, to be a place of community and faith where so many wonderful things are happening through churches like Roswell United Methodist and other churches and organizations around the world that are reaching out and, and being a light in their community and, and touching hearts and giving hope. So, God, we pray for wisdom. We pray for direction. But we also pray, God, that you'll help us to see you above the fray of everything else. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you again for tuning in, whether this is Sunday morning or later in the week or at some other time that's been more convenient for you. Uh, you can see on the screen a number of ways to, to give. And we do encourage you, if you're able, uh, to give. Uh, Roswell United Methodist Church is positioning ourselves uh, for what's coming next. We know that as this all settles down, there are going to be a lot of needs in our community. There are going to be a lot of needs uh, in our church. There are going to be a lot of needs in our world. And we're already uh, equipped and, and trained and ready uh, to go into many places to bring light, to bring hope, to bring the grace of God. And so we need to be prepared for that. And one of the ways of being prepared is financially. And so if you can help, you can see the ways to, to reach out. And we ask that you will uh, do what you can uh, as we continue to work together 
to be God's hands and feet in this place. Thanks for joining us online today. We want to extend an extra special welcome to those of you who may have joined us online for the very first time. We want to remind you to stay connected with us on chapelrosal.com for all of our latest updates and events. And also join us on social media this week as we continue to make this a place of community and faith, virtually. We'll see you guys back here next week, the same time for live stream.